Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host this evening, Gary Cocker, and I am joined by the Cain and Abel of uh, the podcast. It's the Anderson Brothers. First of all, let's go to Craig Anderson. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you both? Uh, that's a terrible way to do it. How can I say how are you both when the, the second person has not yet been introduced fully? That, that's a great way how to bring you, him in, though. A great way you, to bring Gary? him in. Uh, Tony, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm grand. I Thanks for asking. Just been pottering about. I had some, I had some men come today. Some tradesmen. Uh, they came into my garden because I I used the mini digger. I maybe told people this before. I took a mini digger into the garden because um, it was like overgrown, and I had a pile. And they laughed at me when I brought them because I was going. I was asking for a quote for them to come and take it away, and they said there's there's over five tons of soil and stone, and they were like it'll cost you like. Well over a grand, um, so I've taken this to to Mandy, and now I think we're going to be getting a huge skip, and maybe buying some sort of machine to carry it over. Uh, but me, me and the boys had a good laugh at Mandy's expense. I just threw her under the bus for for absolutely everything uh, that they it's questioned. A, it's the only way to go. You could always Shawshank it. You know, just put some dirt in your pockets every single day that you're going out of the house and just shake it out. It might take you several decades, but it would be worth it. I had something similar today, actually. Um, that, was... that tourist story, that tourist attraction in uh, in London, it was just a big mound of dirt that they were trying to charge people uh, like a tenner to climb up to get a view of like some 
monument or something like that. I'm sure that was it. And it, it was open. It opened in like April and was shut by Christmas, so it was obviously <laughs> a roaring success. Just a, a version of that in Edinburgh, Tony. You can go for it. Well, they can uh, pile it up, and they can see it in my own window when I'm getting changed and charge ten pounds a pot. I had something similar today. There was a, a couple <laughs> of guys in front. <laughs> yeah, just being charged ten pound a pop. No, there was a couple of guys just digging up my front garden, and I was like, "What is going on?" Um, and I opened the door and said politely, um, because you know I, they had shovels, I didn't. Uh, what What are you doing? It's like, oh, we're planting the hedge for you. I was like, "All right, fine, um, go for it. I'm not going to stop you." So I've I've gained a hedge today. Um, which is more than can be said for 16 of the teams in the Scottish Cup um, because today we are doing a little bit of a Scottish Cup roundup. Uh, it is the most wonderful time of the year for the Scottish Cup, um, the uh, fourth round. Unfortunately, uh, because of the sheer number of games and because of what that then means for the highlights, you're going to get a, not the traditional roundup um, that you usually get following some weekend action. Uh, what we're going to do is uh, go through as many games as we can, a bit of a whistle-stop tour and just discussing the main talking points from each. Now, the most obvious place to go is where the, well, at least where the cup holders exit, a premature exit, some may say, I wouldn't, um, came about, which is to the mining towns of Fife. We are going to Kelty, where Kelty Harps put out St. Johnson in extra time um, to lead to a bit of a corridor of booing um, for the Sainties. Um, I mean, there's so much to discuss here. Who wants to jump in and stick the first knife in St. Johnson? All I will say is that my only, I've only seen, as far as I know, Kelty Harps play once. And it was in the 1999 Scottish Junior Cup final when they lost to co-winning Rangers, um, my, my hometown team. So uh, quite quite a quite a, an achievement to be able to lose to co-winning Rangers and uh, and within what twenty odd years knock knock the Scottish Cup holders out um, out on and uh, and deservedly the right word. I don't know. They, they definitely held their own against a St Johnston team that um, I mean is just bereft of everything at the moment. What would really worry me if I'm a St Johnston fan is they've put a a whole raft of new signings into that team, and and they all play. But I mean, they're clearly playing Butterfield. I know he came a bit earlier than the rest. Uh, Butterfield. They've got their Gallagher, the new the new wing back, and they had uh, the Nadia. So you've brought in what a th- over a third of a new team there. And the first thing that they experience when you've already, rather than giving the team the boost that you would assume uh, and playing a lower league opposition, they'll now, they now go into the dregs and they'll now know how everyone feels instantly. And that would kind of worry me because you're hoping that those sort of new guys sort of bring it up a notch in training. They're not sort of hamstrung by the, the sort of 10 defeats in a row or whatever, but instantly they've been brought down to to everyone else's level and that would really really pardon me and your first or second game you've already had the experience walking through the crowds where like a group of posh people shout at you yeah it's uh it's it's, it's not really a, a great introduction it does remind me as so often things like this do of uh, jim mcintyre's dundee because when dundee were going down we did something similar where we signed about half of english league one um and it did not come to pass the st johnson version of it seems to be signing half of um, either the League of Ireland or the Irish League. Um, I, I can't remember exactly uh, who's come from where, but um, I think the the latest signing is John Mann, who just sounds made up to me. Um, I, I don't believe he really exists. Um, cue him scoring the winner in midweek. But 
I, I, I'll go, go fill your, your da um, and say that I, I have reservations about Cleary on the basis of I'm like uh, going into a 50-50 going into a 50-50 and then being quite um, he, he didn't react well to a, to a 50-50 in terms of like not just kind of getting back up on his feet he seems to be making a lot of it which was something that was on the highlights and it's something that only it, it shouldn't but it's something that always worries me when you watch uh, when you watch a player new to a league try to you know he, he's stepping up a level certainly and He's playing against a lower league team and he's immediately, you know, just looking for a foul and looking, you know, it, it, it doesn't, I mean, he might be a good player. That, that, I, as I say, I, I'm well aware that is not really a, a valid way to judge a guy, <laughs> but um, as a first impression goes, is the first time I've seen him do anything else in Johnston Strip. It, it makes me question things. Now, I, I am, I would say, like, it's hard to actually be that critical of their defensive performance necessarily. Like, they concede a goal now, not, not the best goal to concede, but it felt like it felt like one of those days rather than necessarily like an absolute disgrace of a performance like um Darren Jameson had a, a couple of absolutely fantastic saves in in the second half of the game I think it was and it's very much like when your luck's not going with you um, none of those go in and, and Darren Jameson a, a good goalkeeper at that level but but we um you, you wouldn't expect him to necessarily be pulling off those saves and and when it's yeah when when you've lost nine games in a row going into this, you could see it coming a mile away, and um, it was it was the least surprising thing that happened all weekend. I think. Let's actually combine this with who Kelty Hearts will be facing in the uh, last sixteen. They're facing St Mirren, who put out Air United. Um, do you think? Do either of you think that St Mirren will be a little bit fearful of this game against Kelty, or do you think that the fact that St Johnson are in such a rut there, uh, in their nadir, if you will, haha? Um, do you really think that Samirin will sort of be looking at this a little bit fearfully and um, with any good reason? I think if it's it's at home for Samirin, aren't they? They've been drawn as the home side, and that 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 sort of takes away the the more magical side of it and stops me thinking that uh, Kelly will be able to do that again. I know Kelly have have, have got money and. They've got well-known players to their team, certainly well-known lower league players. So Samirin are sort of getting their act together, it seems, and, and they've sort of rolled out that, that tough period. So I would assume, the, certainly the way they put Air United to the sword there, but, but I mean, it was it was over and within within half an hour, and I would assume that they would, uh, at home, would have not too many problems putting Kelty away. But others might know more, much more than me about the, the sort of pros of Kelty and what they'd actually be capable of. So I was going to say, when you look at that Kelty squad, like, there, there are guys that would probably still get a contract in the championship. A couple of them potentially. Um, like I mean, like you saw Higginbottom, he's he's got quality, and um, you know he's he's always been a bit flaky as a player through his career, but he's now his quality's never been in doubt. And then a guy like Nathan Austin, who um, you know, if not if not in the championship, he could definitely be playing in League One. So they have good players, but they they shouldn't have players to be able to beat a Premiership team. None of the, none of the team are Premiership quality players. And St Mirren's are, and St Mirren are at home. So, so no, I wouldn't expect them to have um, have any trouble. And as you say, they they, they swept aside Air United, not not the toughest task Air United in a cup competition. But um, and um, Greg Greg Kelty getting the goal would have been nice for him. Um, his first for St Mirren as well. He seems to have come on to a wee, wee bit of form. But yeah, that that's like. I know, like Somerset Park in the cup is a hard place to go. Um, like, like they're not going to win the cup, but they can. Uh, take a scalp and it did look like one of those games that St Mirren 
could have been a wee bit of bother, but I actually think probably the fact that they got got their result in midweek probably kind of helped them, you know, be a bit more positive going into this. And yeah, it, it was it was very comfortable for them. And just before I know, I know Gary, I know you want to get through quickly, but I did just want to mention it'll be disappointing for for St John's as well with Gallagher making the error that led to the goal again. When I'm talking about the new guys that have come in. He instantly is at, at, at fault uh, to, to create the, the losing goal. And also with Davidson, there, there seems to be this idea that um, he should be protected because of what happened uh, last season, which I totally understand. But I think I saw you tweet about it, Craig. Uh, you were saying that's 10 losses in a row and um, then de- being defeated from Kelly Hearts. I would argue you, are, you, ha- you probably have been protected and now we're coming to the stage where any more defeats and you don't turn it around, you're just going to have to go whether it's right or not because you don't want to get relegated. I will. You, you did absolutely not just ruin, but destroy and blow into a million smithereens my perfect, exquisite link oh, there, Tony. I'm but so it's fine, sorry. I'm over it. Um, but just on that point, I think that I saw uh, Eric Nicholson from The Courier, a uh, famous St. Johnson fan, um, did pick up on the fact that I think this is... Yeah, the way he was putting it is that Callum Davidson deserves this transfer window, given that in the last transfer window, um, you know, St. Johnson's sort of backbone was basically ripped out um, in the transfer market. He deserves this transfer window to try and put it right. And I think that it's always difficult in the January transfer window because I think you either have to punt your manager right at the start of it or you stick with them. Because mm. if you punt them in the middle of it, unless you've got someone who's been lined up uh, and is basically announced with a scarf over the head a couple of hours later, uh, showing that maybe the conversations were much uh, were ongoing for much longer, then to a certain extent, if your club is in a position where you know the squad's not good enough, you're not going to give that new guy enough time to sort of bring his own ideas in. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Craig here, who's uh, probably thinking about this for his own side as well. Well, you could do exactly what Kelly did last season, which is to wait almost until basically the, the day the transfer window's closed and then sack your manager, which was definitely an interesting approach, which fortunately we didn't do again this season. Um, but yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Kelly, we've managed to find a way to knit it all together, which is lovely. Sadly, Kelly couldn't do that because they went out an extra time to Dundee United. But I think we've got a little bit to say about certainly Dundee United's defence, which um, doesn't have a case for the defence. Yeah, I I wasn't that impressed with them to be honest. Like, the, what what won the game for them was was a wee extra bit of quality from from Levitt. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful, you know, the way he took that, the way he kind of sh- shifted his feet in the finish so quickly. On the whole, I think Kelly matched them for the game. I I wasn't sure what to expect from it, but that reminded me very much of how Derek McInnes's Aberdeen team used to come down to Rugby Park and play, turn it into a scrap, which is exactly what was needed. Kelly's such a massive threat from set pieces all the time. Um, Ash Taylor in particular. Um, I, th- I thought he was a colossus at both ends. I know he made a mistake. Um, I don't know if it's just his mistake for the opening goal, but he, he was excellent. And um, Dundee United really couldn't cope with that at set pieces. Like Kelly were winning every ball at set pieces. Um, and they did do the last ditch stuff well, you know, clearances off the line and stuff like that. But also they were so easily beaten by like simple balls I, I think they were over committed like they, they felt like they were trying to set their stall out and go out and try and smash Kelly I, I don't know if they underestimated the fact that you know we're, we're not that bad um, and 
it felt like yeah, there was just so, it was such an open uh, shape they had. Charlie Mulgrew didn't have his best game. You know, I'm a big fan of his, but yeah, he, he wasn't great. And yeah, if Kieran Freeman, um, who's playing right back, looked good going forward, but he was able to be got at. And, and yeah, I, I left Rugby Park really frustrated because I think Kelly should have won that game. Um, just just didn't have that wee bit of quality that that United did. What would um, I was looking at this because I think it's been the general consensus with the struggles that Dundee United have had both last season uh, and this season would be um, they, they don't score enough goals. But, I mean, I, I was having a look, just with you mentioning it all, Craig, about how you weren't um, to impress the defence. I had a wee peek. And they've only kept one clean sheet since um, they thumped Tibbs 3-0 at Easter Road. And that was when they, they beat Aberdeen, which might be one of their only wins uh, as well in, in that period. Um, that's that's a hell of a lot of games, and I think it just it seemed generally everyone thought that the Scott McMahon's been a really good signing, uh, great in there. Mulgrew and Edwards had a really great partnership, and, and Freeman coming in at, at right back. But um, the facts don't really back it back it up, if you like. So I've not seen a lot of them very recently. Uh, so um, it was interesting to hear that 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 was what you took away from that game instantly was how easy it was to get at Dundee United. Yeah, and, and, and you talk about the other end, you talk about the lack of goals, well they obviously signed the, the top scorer in the Premiership, but, and I know he played in part of the front three, but they stuck him, he was basically out in the right wing for the whole game, he, he, he had no impact on the game at all, um, and, and to do that, I know Mark McNulty scored, but to do that in order to put Mark McNulty through the middle just feels like an insult to him. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, they, they didn't... As I say, United were fine. They weren't like awful or anything like that. But it was just like you know, Kelly, I've seen Kelly struggling in the championship, and yeah, I appreciate he's a new manager, and, and we do look a lot better. But they they seem to they seem to let us create a hell of a lot more chances than Morton or uh, Inverness or even you know like the better or the worst teams in the championship. I think it's the, the best we've played all season and the most chances we've had all season, um, and that includes like beating Queen of the South four 0 at home. And obviously, uh, Dundee United will be going on to play Partick Thistle uh, in the last 16. Partick Thistle, who knocked out Airdrie Onions. Uh, Thistle are another side that are riding relatively high in the championship. Could you see them, whether or not they have Zach Grudden, is obviously um, subject to negotiation. And my sources tell me um, that he will be a Dundee player by the end of this month. So do you, do you see Brian Graham... Uh, returning to uh well he's not returning to Tandice actually do you see him returning to play Dundee United and haunt them so uh first of all I hope you do take Zach Grudden before the end of the season it would be a, it would be a, a boost because I think one of the best players I've seen in the championship this season um yeah I think they're a really good team Thistle um I think they are they them and our both uh, and Kelly are the, the teams I now think will finish in the top three in the championship, um, I don't think I think a lot of people have been saying that. Yeah, um, yeah, they they kind of scraped by Airdrie, but um, they got through. Um, and yeah, I I I've been quite impressed with them when I've seen them, uh, with the exception of the first game. Like since since we beat them um, at Fort Hill, they've, they've started their defensive record's been superb since then. Um, they came to Rugby Park and, and did a real number on Kelly, and then I thought they were the better team. Um, the game a couple of weeks ago, so yeah, I I think they have a chance um, of 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 winning the league actually. It's interesting you because I I don't I don't follow it quite to the level you do, and I was looking at and then like so part of this only have one win in five in the in the league, 
but then I looked at it and sort of like there seem, doesn't seem to be really anyone with any good form uh, in the in the championships apart from um, our both are the best and they've got three wins in their in their last five. So I mean, it just shows how tough it is. But with the what seems like the incredible drop off from from Wraith Rovers for a range of different reasons, which we might come on to to later. Um, if there's a team is looking up for it, then there definitely is playoff spots to, to, to be had for, for part of this all. The uh, interesting thing about the uh, league leaders, uh, you can tell that Tony I had yet another exquisite link which you torpedoed um, because I was going to speak about league leaders and I was going to say that Thistle may not be league leaders, but I'll tell you who is. Cove! They played Hibs uh, and Hibs uh, put them out um, requiring extra time. Um Tony, talk us through that one, um, because you would you would surely think that a Premiership side at home would take care of Paul Hartley's men uh, without the need for an extra thirty minutes. Um, yeah, um, very loaded questions there, uh, Gary. I uh, see you're very frustrated at how I've ruined your ruined your link. Uh, Exquisite, honestly. I, I had them all worked out and everything. <laughs> I know you did tell us the running order before, but I, so I should know when you when it when it's coming. Um, yeah, that I mean it was it was worrying, it was frustrating. Uh, I would say that Hibbs obviously made a, a raft of changes. They they went into the game with one centre half, uh, for example. Uh, but Hibbs were surprisingly one paced. They obviously they got the goal disallowed, which which definitely should be a goal. But I felt that Cove sort of lived with Hibbs really easily, and that's what was frustrating. Cove never really looked like scoring. I mean, I think they created sort of two two openings in the. In, in the two hours, so I, I I was never really overly worried, but it did it did worry me like how how easily I felt that they lived with us, and it felt like when Muller obviously it was it was his debut. I was relatively impressed with him all round, uh, and he looked like the only one that was really going to open them up until sort of Jamie Murphy and, and Nisbet done it in an extra time. But I was um, in terms of Muller, I was quite impressed with his touch. I liked his acceleration over short periods, certainly not over long, but I'll leave uh, Craig to talk about that in a second, maybe. And But his intelligence, his work rate, he was moving across the, the whole of the front, the, across both wings, uh, and he used the ball sensibly. He didn't always look to do, beat a man. He'd done it at the right times, and then he would just lay it off and carry on. So on first impressions, I was relatively happy with Muller as much as you can read into him playing against Cove Rangers but Craig you would have noticed something about him maybe running over a distance or maybe you wouldn't have or maybe you wouldn't have sorry <laughs> you never know so, sorry I'd put a message in the chat to say I couldn't uh, talk for the next wee minute but uh, obviously we didn't see it so apologies for the drone in the background uh, the, the washing machine appears to have uh, kick-started itself into life which is a uh, Anyway, an, int- uh, an interruption. If you can't hear it, then it's great, but um, I assume you can, because it's quite loud. I can, yes. Um, but, yeah, oh well. Craig, we were talk- I was talking about uh, Muller uh, over a long distance. Yeah, he's... Um, I I had a, that that one when he chased back and he got out, outrun down the wing. I had um, major reservations. It's Fraser Fivey that's outrunning, <laughs> not, not a spring chicken. A guy who I would say one of the reasons he's playing at the level is his he's fitness. I don't mean he's not a fit player. I mean, he, he, he got injuries and stuff that, that maybe done his legs. And, and I, don't think it was, I don't think it was a lack of 
energy from Miller. I think he, he could not be arse tracking back and 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 that would worry me. Um pace was a pace was a bit of a theme in this game um in general because I just thought um Cove when they did have their chances were too slow. Like that was the biggest thing I got, especially I don't know if they were tired or whatever towards the end. Had they been a wee bit and I don't want to say fitter because that's again not the right word. Had they had a bit more pace about them, I think they would have beat Hibs. Because the openings that Hibs gave them, now maybe that was deliberate because they looked at them and went, you know what, they're not going to hurt us like this. But I thought Hibs were um, were really, really, really poor, really open. And I thought, again, as much as Cole played well, they defended superbly. They had some really good performances in there. It would only have taken a wee tiny bit more for them to to actually get the win in or, a set, or a set piece or, or something like that no I totally I totally agree with you and um, a, a few people were given an opportunity for Hibs in that game and uh, I think that'll have signed their death warrants if you like your your Halbergs ETC uh, I'm sure Sir Johnson will be along because he's a sort of slowish central midfielder and they fucking love them uh, he's a player that they've heard of, uh, regardless of whether or not he's a good fit. So that'll do. Um, I mean, obviously, Hibs will be going on to play our Broth in the next round, uh, Tony, which means a nice wee trip up to uh, Gayfield for you. Fingers um, Which I believe crossed. Duncan Mackay is organising for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's a, it was an idea that I came up with because he said he was filming that day. And I was like, they should maybe try and do a shift in when Duncan Mackay as a fan and he has to organise everyone's fan day and I thought that would be the perfect opportunity for, for Duncan to do that but I'm really excited about Gayfield uh, beautiful I've never had the opportunity to go and watch Hibs so I'm really keen I'm just very worried about stinking sort of times for for kickoffs. Uh, and I'm hoping we got moved to a Thursday night which is like the worst slot that there was so I'm hoping that doesn't happen again but I really just want to go to see Hibs are both in the afternoon, and that will certainly be a a tough tie. I mean, our both have lost uh, the big striker back to Livingston, but they replaced him with, with with Craig Whiting, which just seems like sort of really great business in the position that they are. Yeah, and and Whiting had an absolutely terrific um, outside of the boot pass to set up one of the Arbroath goals as well, who beat. Darville 3 0. Uh, Craig Whiten obviously starting his career at Dundee. And it is to Dundee that we go next, who put out Dunbarton. G- Gary, Dun- Dundee looked absolutely fucking hopeless in this game. <laughs> was I was waiting for that? a round of applause. I thought that yeah, was that, what was coming after. That, uh, sorry, sorry. It's what I was trying to do there. Um, <laughs> Fellow Sheffield going to hate me for, <laughs> for attempting to, to use the soundboard. So don't there. worry, Craig. But, it's not your fault. You but, saved the day, if anything. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, um, uh, Dundee uh, somehow managed to squeeze past Dumbarton on uh, a rather lumpy pitch, um, but not half as lumpy as the performance, perhaps. But Craig, you were saying something which I couldn't hear as I was mucking about with the soundboard. <laughs> I just, I just literally said that Dundee looked absolutely fucking hopeless. Was it the quote I used? It's a fair quote. Um, yes, Dundee have not been quick off the mark in this transfer window. Um, in line with pretty much general transfer window policy for Dundee um, and because of that the squad does still look threadbare obviously at, by this point Jason Cummings had uh, flown off um, to uh, Australia uh, to start his new career with Central Coast Mariners um, leaving us with a relatively thin bench as a couple of guys have come back on loan whether or not the, the younger players will be good enough definitely remains to be seen but I think Dundee will have to sign several players. Uh, the squad that was put out included Kami Kerr playing at left-back, 
um, who was viciously assaulted for the red card, no matter what the uh, highlights tell you. It was vicious. It wasn't just a light tap in the stomach at all. Um, yeah, it, it required a Lee Griffiths penalty halfway through the second half. And what the highlights didn't show was that uh, Dumbarton actually had a few decent chances at the end and a decent penalty shout as well. Um, or at least the highlights I saw um, didn't show that. And I think it, it felt a little bit like a banana skin avoidance. I do think had Dundee lost that game, Mick Peake would have been gone. And uh, regardless of what I said earlier about transfer windows and not uh, chucking your manager at the last minute, I think that would have just... It, it would have been seen similar to those that faced the St. Johnson players when they went out to Kelty. Um, but it just... It really does go to show the, the fine margins of cup football. Dundee will be going on to play Peterhead, who beat uh, East Kilbride um, in the fourth round. It's an away tie, but Dundee have played Peterhead several times uh, lately in the League Cup. Um, so it's by that stage of the draw, it was probably as kind a draw as I could hope for because the alternatives were all Premiership tie against St Mirren, no thanks. Playing Resurgent Partick Thistle, no thanks. Playing Dundee United, absolutely no thanks. And playing Kelty, um, Again, no thanks. I would actually rather face Peterhead than Kelty, despite Peterhead being in the division above, because uh, like you were saying earlier, Craig, uh, I think Kelty have a stronger squad than uh, than necessarily is let on. But but no, uh, Dundee will definitely need to strengthen significantly, particularly with uh, a relegation battle game coming up in just a few days' time. And we will be talking about that on the Patreon. So if you don't subscribe yet, you really bloody well should. Gary, um, Gary can, I, can I ask? I mean, McPake's never been the... The sort of like most popular guy at Dundee, and I know, he, and then he pulled off the the playoff win last season, but that that point didn't look likely uh, at midway through the season. Um, so, do you think that, as, as you said, do you think he really is that close to to just being being emptied, and nobody will will, will shed a tear? Like, so I'm I'm assuming if you're saying he, could, he would have got sacked off the back of Dumbarton's result, I'm going to presume that if he loses a relegation battle after losing God knows how many games in a row in the league to St Johnston, that that would be of a similar sort of ilk as getting knocked out by Dumbarton. I still think, even even though it may seem as if the moment of dangerous past, the next couple of games we've got are against St Johnston, um, which is obviously a huge, huge game, six-pointer, could go bottom. But we would go bottom if we lost. Um, and the game after that, I think, is the Dundee Derby. <laughs> so if you lose to go bottom and then lose a Derby, even though the transfer window shut, it, it could lead to changes being made. And, you know, Dundee have been linked in the past to Jack Ross. He's obviously available again, whether or not he he feels ready to come in, whether or not he feels that he wants to come into a club that's suffering in the way it is, is another matter entirely. Um Obviously, we're about to sign Niall McGinn, apparently, um, on an 18-month deal, 34-year-old Niall McGinn, um, winger, when we need Dean, a left-back, got really right-back. good wingers, though wingers is not a position that you really have totally too much you, of an you, issue. You don't need to tell me these things. It's just baffling. Um, but, I mean, it's probably not fair to comment until the very end of the window, because I think the, all the talk is that there's a couple of defenders that are about to come over the line that I think tomorrow is probably going to be quite a big day in terms of tomorrow being Tuesday, quite a big day in terms of Dundee signings uh, anyone listening back to this on Wednesday will probably be laughing at me but um, but no I think it's it's a crucial crucial week for James McPake I do think that there's been several points where I think there would have been a chance to ditch him um, but John Elms is fairly patient uh, as as far as a, a, a chairman goes 
and he didn't do it. I think those would have been going out to St Johnson in the Cup. Um, I was furious about that at the time for chance for a first uh, Hampton appearance in 15 years. Just totally wasted away. The two games against Ross County um, as well, both chances for Dundee to put clear blue water between them in the bottom of the league. Um, and I mean, this is a total hypothetical, but I think definitely losing to Dumbarton in the Cup would have been enough potentially. Um, but there's so many, um, so, so many uh, things that need to be fixed um, when it comes to... Well, Gary, maybe he will do the unthinkable. And like last season, when he just completely turned it around midway through the season, but nobody thought of, and got Dundee up to the playoffs, maybe he'll inexplicably do it again, and Dundee will go on and, and lift the Scottish Cup, or even get to the sort of any kind of round that has final in its name. T- Tony... I will take a trip to Hamden. I've not been to Hamden since I've been legally old enough to drink. That's fucking play. mental. Okay. That is absolutely mental. <laughs> 2006 was the last uh, time that Dundee uh, featured, and that was going out to Gretna. Um, there's definitely some sort of story about a Dundee curse that apparently is linked to us playing Benfica or something. I can't remember, but I will look it out for a future I mean, podcast. because the size of club, you would argue that oh, Dundee are maybe eighth or ninth largest club in the country. Uh so for them not to have even got a little fanny around at Hamden one time just seems utterly ridiculous. ridiculous. Tony, see right now, if you said to me you'll get thumped 7-0 by Celtic in the semi-final, I'd take it. I'd take it for the day out. Why do I mention Celtic? Because they beat Alloa. What a link. What a link. Um, yes, uh, Celtic beat Alloa 2-1 uh, at, uh, at the Indoor Drill to progress to the fifth round. Um, unfortunately... Um, you did see, uh, I think, Lila Bada went off injured, but more concerningly for us, given that we support Scotland, um, Cal McGregor went off for what uh, Ange Postecoglou described as an extended time. Um, what do you think the impact of this will be on both Celtic and Scotland, uh, assuming that he he may still be at risk um, due to um, due to the just the length of the injury for pl- appearing in the playoffs? Uh, for both it's a, a big blow it's a, and even uh, it's been very good for Scotland it's a massive blow for Celtic we spoke quite at, at length I think uh, earlier in the season about how important he is to that Celtic team he's just had like like without having the midfield just disappears they just don't have another central midfielder of any quality now yeah they've been recruiting in that area of the park and, and trying to but he, he for me has been the, the best uh, probably the best player in the league this season um, certainly up player and yeah I I think if he was I, I am curious as to what Andrew Foster Hogcoglu describes as an extended period of time because it's so vague that it's actually useless like um, is it extended for a type of injury that they got because I thought it was like a facial injury where you would expect a player maybe to only be out short term unless you're Carol McHugh um, or is it a facial injury, oh sorry, is it extended as in three months, is it three days is it calling it that because there's an old firm game coming up in a, in a week and he's he's just trying to play his cards close to his chest with that I don't know but yeah it, it would be a blow um, for Scotland as well because I think that, that pair of um, of McGregor and Gilmore is, um, is is really good in the middle of the park so ideally he is back for Scotland I really couldn't give a toss whether he's back for Celtic or when let's let's have a rest for Callum McGregor actually and come back around early March get a few more games under his belt get fully up to speed and then bang in for for the Ukraine game but I totally agree with you in terms of the the way that they they play he's not he doesn't play literally as a defensive midfielder for Celtic but 
he's the, the he plays at the base and it's his energy that allows them to play that really intense pressing game where they get the triangles around them. You take him out of that, I don't think the other players can do it to the same level. And we may be able to get to see quite how good that centre-half pairing actually has become based on the the sort of the, the clean sheets that they've gathered and how little pressure that they're put under in a lot of games. Be really interested to see how that goes. Uh, and I'd imagine that Idiguchi, he went off in dirt, which would be worrying because I'd assume he would be the the sort of direct replacement to play in that role. And he's he's not there now. So uh, near Beton is probably next in line. Not great. Not great. And obviously they'll be going on to play Wraith Rovers um, at Parkhead in the next round. Um, the heated ball is doing the decent job that they always do for both sides of the old firm. Um Tony, I believe that you were chatting to uh, our good friend of the podcast, Secret Friend, he's part of it, uh, Andy Harrow. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a tier above uh, friend, of, friend of the podcast, which is what Andy is, uh, is very much in. Close associate. <laughs> Close as- uh, I, I was fortunate enough to, to talk to him because it seemed uh, when we were talking as the, the sort of drop-off in form of Dario Zanata and the fact that he really struggled against... Banks of D, which and, and apparently their their fullback was um, rather plump, and they were they were disappointed to see that he didn't sort of give him a good hiding. But that's been something that's been ongoing for a while. Um, Andy was saying that um, Zanata was at the start of the season he was he was playing on the left of a front three with uh, Varian and and Aidan Connolly on the right, and he said that they were absolutely superb during that period. And well, Varian wasn't a wasn't maybe much of a goal scoring forward. He he really did occupy uh, defenders there, which maybe allowed for Zanata's ability to to come inside, where he sort of became the budget Arjun Robin uh, of, of of Scottish football. But then another thing, an issue he's saying is this is for Wraith Rovers in general. Um, they lost Brad Spencer to a to a broken leg at the start of December, and the form has fallen off a cliff for for the whole team. Um, Spencer was the most advanced centre midfield I think they've only won once since then I think that was against Craig's Kelly and that was just the week after before um, maybe before they the sort of settled in the difficulties they were going to have and he was the most advanced centre midfielder he controlled the possession and, and he knew when to let the ball go and it meant that again that Zanata was being found in areas where he was able to be more one-on-one and then taking that little touch round was much easier because he didn't get crowded out with Spencer not being there now I think a lot of teams are able to sort of gang up on players like Zanata. So we'll see that everyone else is too slow in possession. He has a championship winger. I mean, his, his, his form was never going to continue at that high level. But strangely enough, Ayr didn't sort of seem to love him last season when he was there. He's never really had any other period where he was as, as quite as electric as that. So there be, I think there's somewhere in the middle between... So the, the deficiencies of Wraith with the injuries, the, the fullback isn't doesn't really get forward as much to give him more to go on and a wee bit more of a, a regression to the mean uh, for for Dario Zanata. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes and maybe if Wraith Rovers are able to um, maybe recruit to maybe that'll bring the best out of Zanata again because they're going to need something because they are looking like this season could easily just totally fizzle out. And as I mentioned, they will be playing Celtic in the next round. Um, in 
what seems like a real coincidence, um, the other League 2 team that hasn't yet been mentioned and an Athletic will be playing Rangers in the fifth round. Um, one day, Craig Anderson, you will use your statistical know-how to uh, to map all of this out for us um, and to knock this silly conspiracy on the head. As much as but- Craig likes to be a wind-up merchant, I don't know if that'll be worth just, uh, just open. It's okay, Craig. Worth your you live in Glasgow. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> I, 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 I would know that they did play each other in the fifth round last season. Um, but anyway, um, you're just yeah. noting facts. Um, yeah. So, so yes, Rangers um, obviously uh, coming through uh, their uh, very tough um, home tie um, on Saturday. No, Friday night. So, Friday night. I knew it was. Like, on it was on night. TV. Not that anybody wanted to watch it or cared. No. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, putting four yeah, past Sterling Albion. Well, well done, he's thirteen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, actually, you say that, but it, it did seem to be that uh, Rangers were at least using um, the opportunity to maybe not Brandon Barker. I, I couldn't believe he was actually still at Rangers, um, but to uh, blood in a, a few more youngsters. Yeah, well, they they brought on uh, yeah, not not from the start, but they brought on Lowry early in the early in the game because of an injury and. Um, he obviously scored the goal. I, I, I'm not surprised that a player who's been playing all right in the Lowland League can also do all right against the League Two team because it's, it's, there's a gap of quality um, between the middle of the league, middle of League Two and the bottom half of the Lowland League. But there are probably two or three teams at the top of the Lowland League who are better than the teams at the bottom. We'll find out, I guess, in um, in a few months' time. But yeah, it's um, yeah. It's a perfect game for Rangers to give these guys a run out, and I'm glad glad they did because um, if they don't if they don't get the minutes, then when else are they going to be? Obviously, Nathan Patterson's had to go down to um, the Premier League because he thinks he can get a better chance of getting a run of games there than, than he could at Rangers. Um, they do have to address that. Um, I think a lot of the stuff they're doing off the park with recruitment and the way they're dealing with their transfer business has been really good recently. But if they want to. Yeah, if they want to start doing that, the best way to make money is by doing what they did with Patterson and getting big money for one of your youngsters. But you're not going to get the money if you don't expose them to, to first-team football and, and let the world see them. So, yeah, I think they could do with something a wee bit different. I've really not been that impressed with them in the league recently. So I think sometimes, you know, just adding a bit of freshness instead of bringing Cedric Itten back, I don't understand that one bit. Uh, Craig, I, I really agree with you about the the sort of the freshness. I, I think a young player is really good. I find Rangers, especially like Aberdeen's, where it came to a head. But that that game at Pretodri's been coming uh, for Rangers. They've had a few big results under under Van Bronckhorst. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's been all bad, and they've they've been able to hold teams at arm's length, but they've never really. So the energy's sort of been zapped a bit. Like Kamara's looking a, a, a bit under the weather in terms of his, his performance levels, which is very unusual because we've literally never seen that since he since he came in at Rangers. And, and obviously Jackson injured, which is another worry. And again, with with we're talking about Callum McGregor. I mean, we'd love to see Ryan Jack being back around the team because he would do a, a very similar job uh, based on the last time he was fit. But I think young players with enthusiasm. All they want to do is impress. They're going to be so willing to break the lines. They're going to run their fucking arses off because this is their big moment. This is their big break. And that naivety, sometimes some people might call it, can actually be used in a, in a positive manner and it can really sting the rest of the team. So I think for Rangers, 
some a young player maybe coming in maybe could possibly be the best thing they could do to sort of maybe awaken a lot of other players from a slumber and him that that young player maybe leading from the front in terms of sort of attitude and energy and, and enthusiasm and desperate to impress and it'll always so bring the fan the fans are always going to get excited when a young player comes in especially at the level of Rangers or Celtic I'd always be excited if I was a supporter of a club of that size and a young player came into the team especially in the league because you'd just be I would have an assumption in my head that they're going to be pretty handy if they're if they're breaking into sort of that level of club. Uh, at a young age. Speaking of uh, being excited about Rangers players, and in athletic, that was a good uh, a good comeback for them. Um, in the, I don't know because you mentioned them, and I don't know if you're going to move on from that game completely. Um, I was, but it's okay. You're helping level out the exquisite links um, with Tony here. Um, but yes, obviously they um, they were able to, to put out Clyde Bank and end uh, probably one of the the great uh, cup romance stories uh, from this season. Yeah, and, and, and pro, I mean, it's, it's arguably almost an upset that Annan did beat Clyde. <laughs> I, I don't know. The, it, it certainly wouldn't have been a surprise either way, that result. And um, yeah, I think it, to, 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 find, to find the kind of dig to, to score, that's probably your SPFL um, experience kind of coming to the fore and able, the, the fitness, the wee bit of extra fitness that gets you a couple of goals in the last minute. It did look like an absolutely dis, uh, terrible mistake from the Clyde Bank keeper for the equaliser, but... Yeah, that that was the last uh, the last piece of non league involvement in the the cup for the season as well. Of course, uh, oh, I can't find a way. I was trying to link Andy Halliday because it's Rangers. He now plays for Hearts. Hearts put out Auckland Lake Tal, but but they um, they, they were a non league team who got knocked out, Gary. So it could have been perfect. I, I didn't want to say non league because I had a feeling that Craig might correct uh, my uh... same league as Clyde Bank. So there you go. You could uh, they, they are, they are. <sighs> I could have done it. Yeah. Hoist, hoist by my own petard, but never mind. <laughs> um, but yes, um, it, it's unusual for Hearts to come up so late in a, a Terra Scotch football podcast, so enjoy it while it lasts. They put out Auckland Lake Talbot, um, a very professional performance in, in a game that, uh, you know, regardless of, I think, which Premiership side it is, you never know um, what's going to happen if you're uh, drawn against a side like Auckland Lake. Yeah, I mean, you, they've shown what they could have put out Aki's in the last round. You know they can get that result, but I think obviously playing like a, a full-time team... A good, good full-time team. team. The, third, the third best team in the country probably um, is a step too far. Um, they, are, they are five divisions below them. And yeah, you can you can talk about, um, you know, yeah, they're, they're clearly they're clearly not that level of team, but they're also not a premiership level team. Um, and and that, was, that was shown, yeah, they, they, they didn't really have a... Have a well, sorry, the first... Two minutes of the game, I thought, oh, Auchinleck are, uh, are, are at them here because they, they absolutely like, kind of started like a house on fire and had a, a decent half chance um, right at the start. But after that, hearts heart were, heart were really comfortable. And they, were, they, went, they went for their throat a bit of hearts. Um, so Barry Mackay, he's really had his eye in recently with, with assists and, and he sort of set up the, the first one straight away with like a lovely clipped ball. And Andy Haldy, who I, I think I, I missed this game, he was playing left wing back. Is that right? Is that where they where they had him from from the start? And then they had Devlin and Harren in the centre. But he sort of broke broke the lines and got the header uh, and scored. And that seemed to be a bit of a theme. Andy Halliday was really drive like even if you just watched the highlights, he was uh, really driving the team forward, breaking through the lines. He, he, he sort of his, his great ball for the 
for for another for the goal in the second half. I think it was maybe Boyce's header. Maybe I've got that wrong. Uh, not Cochrane's header. Um, when he when he put it to the back post, and we just don't see any of that from Andy Halliday uh, when he plays in the league. And, and I know that Hearts are about to give him a, give him a new contract, but he's, he he often plays really one paced and really quite he plays quite simply when he plays for for Hearts in the league, in my opinion. I mean that that suggests that if he ever does get that move to Pollock, he'll fit in quite nicely. And obviously, uh, Hearts will be going on to play uh, Livingston in one of the few uh, all Premiership ties in the next round. Livingston putting out uh, Ross County in a game on which I think none of us have anything to add other than well done, Livingston, um, who are uh, continuing a, a fairly decent run of form lately. So we'll move on to the uh, final couple of games we've got. Do we go with the banter game? Do we go with the easy one? Let's get the relatively pedestrian game out of the way first. Aberdeen putting out Edinburgh City at home uh, to set up a fifth round tie against Motherwell. Um, Is there anything that we want to say about the Dandy Dons? No, they they do need to get, you know, every win does help at this point. Like, do you know what I mean? They they started well and they've started to find a wee bit of form. And so just, you know, just turning up and comfortably seeing someone aside in the Scottish Cup is not going to do that any harm off the back of, because it, it would, you know, off the back of um, getting the result against Rangers, um, which they thoroughly deserved. I thought they were really good in that game. They could have easily, you know, gone and, okay, they, they, they were probably always going to beat Edinburgh City, but, you know, it could have been a nervy or a 1-0 or it could have gone extra time or something like that. They obviously, they, they, it was two seasons ago, they drew Stenhouse Muir at this stage of the Cup, so it's not it's not something they haven't done before against, um, against you know, poorer opposition, but um, so it wasn't this stage of the Cup, it was around after this, I think, but nonetheless, you know what I mean, um, or maybe it was this stage, doesn't matter. Um, and, uh, yeah, they, they, they just, it was just really comfortable for them, um, so... Well, it could be Ryan Hedges' last game, maybe his last goal for for Aberdeen. They'll be really hoping not. Uh, just he's just I really like watching Hedges. I always actually think that Hedges could do more. He's 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 of such high quality that I always think that his numbers don't reflect how, how good he is. Um, maybe shades of of maybe that's similar to something that's happened to Barry Mackay. Um, going back to talking about him, like, like over the years, maybe his numbers don't match up to how to how good he actually looks, and maybe that's about other players in the in the team. But I think they would struggle to replace the sort of the quality of Hedges, and they need to get players back because Ojo might get a new contract. Who knows? He was playing sort of out wide again, which has been a feature. I know he he, he done really well to create the sort of the key pass or or whatever it is they call it for for one of the goals, but. Yeah, I think they'll be desperate not to to lose Hedges and and Jet. I mean that that miss doesn't get much worse than that. And after what seemed like a really really good start for Jet at Aberdeen, an interesting start playing and so interesting positions that you never thought it's it's sort of fallen off a cliff a bit, hasn't it? And obviously, as I've mentioned, uh, Aberdeen will be in the other. I think there's only two. Could be wrong. Um, all-premiership tie in the uh, last 16, they will be playing Motherwell, who finally, eventually, managed to deal with Greenock Morton at home. Um, I mean, they... I mean, you could say they almost um, had an accident, but they were uh, obviously almost undone by Doogie Imry, who has taken charge at Morton. Uh, I think quite a few people um, took some... um, 
premature schadenfreude at that decision, but he doesn't seem to be doing that bad a job. I am going to turn to our championship correspondent, Craig Anderson, here. Uh, he says with a laugh while he still can um, about this, because it it does seem as if Emery is putting together a, a vaguely effective modern team, which is no bad thing when um, you've got Jack Hamilton in goal. Yeah, well, I mean, he, he seems to be doing really well for a start, um, apart from anything, but... Um... Yeah, they they've they seem to have turned a corner with him. I don't think it's necessarily been too much in the way of personnel changes. He just seems to have, you know, found a way to, to get a lot more out of the out of the team than McPherson did. So um it's yeah, they they played they played against Kelly, Robbie Park, and to be honest, they, they, they got a point and, and deserved it um just just before Christmas. Sorry, just before the new year, I think that was. Um and yeah, he's he's turned it round in terms of results and he was um he was quite close to what would have been a, I don't know if a famous result is quite right because um, you know there's not that big a gap between the season they did they did um, only lose to Muller own penalties last season but um, a good result that would have been um, to, to go to Firth Park and get a win not many teams have done that this season um, but yeah ultimately they, they just um, couldn't hold on it was, a, it was a really good goal from, from Robbie Muirhead um, he, he does have the penchant for the big occasion I think um, he obviously Absolutely ran the show in the playoffs um, in the summer there, and then um, yeah, turned up with that moment as well. But yeah, um, Muller will finally. It was quite. They had quite a lot of chances before. The 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 voiceover on the sports scene highlights said, uh, and after after Muller will making a number of attempts at scoring, and I saw like I think it was the third attempt coming. I'm like, oh, this this will be the goal. And it still wasn't the goal, and then it eventually falls to Donnelly, and it was a really, really nice finish from him. Um, but yeah, that—that's something Muller will have always, always had. Really, is that kind of dig to always pick out that kind of result, and um, ultimately, as you like, as people say, you like it doesn't matter how you play, it doesn't matter what happens if you are a bigger, biggish club like Muller are, and you get yourself through around and through around and through around. That's all that matters in the cup, and they're they're there. And if they can put Aberdeen out, they'll fancy themselves for it. It doesn't get bigger than this season for the cup. The 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 riches on offer for the guaranteed European group stages at the end make this arguably the, the biggest cup there's 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 ever been um, since um, we were so shy in Europe that getting this win in the cup didn't actually really mean anything in terms of European football. <laughs> And the draw uh, for the fifth round, now the fifth round ties will be played on the weekend of the 12th of February. Uh, but to recap, you've got Annan versus Rangers, Arbroath v Hibs, Celtic versus Wraith Rovers, Hearts v Livy, Motherwell v Aberdeen, Partick Thistle v Dundee United, Peterhead versus Dundee and St Mirren versus Kelty Hearts. I partly ran through that to make sure we did not miss any games, which we didn't. Um, but yes, um, so if you can get yourself along to one of those games, um, whether as a supporter of one of the teams or otherwise, do it because the romance of the cup is what we're all about. Um, but we will leave it for there for just now. Obviously, there's a big midweek uh, card in the Premiership coming up and me, Tony and Craig are going to go and discuss three of those games. The relegation six pointer, the potential battle for third, would you say? Maybe? Um is that maybe too rich? No. What am I talking about? You know what? If you want to know what I'm talking about, subscribe to the Patreon. Come on over. Listen in. And um, we'll be doing a deep dive on those three games. So until then, thank you again, the Anderson brothers. I will go to Craig first. Thank you. And Tony. My pleasure. The pleasure is all ours, dear listeners. So thanks again.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.